1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store
0: on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Think about it. 22 seconds left 22 seconds on December 23rd 1972 if I got the date correct and all that stuff but you got 22 seconds left Terry Bradshaw he calls in the huddle full right split 66 halfback option now I know that play we ran that play all through the 80s but in 1972 that was a big one right there and Bradshaw rolls to his right after rolling to his left or whatever. and goes back and forth, and he throws the ball down the field, and it caroms off of Jack Tatum because it couldn't have been off of Frenchy, not Frenchman. Yeah, right? It couldn't have been off of him. But it caroms off, and it goes seven and a half yards back. Now, as Terry said, it was a frozen rope, and it elk backwards. And who comes along? Oh, Franco himself, the man, the myth. The legend, Franco Harris, scoops that ball up off of his shoe tops. And I know it's off his shoe tops because Gadzooks, if you go to the Pittsburgh Airport, you see the statue there, and he's got the ball before it touches the ground. All right, so that's gotta be what the, the, the final de facto thing, right? Franco does it. So Max, I I I say to you, it was the most exciting play in NFL history and certainly the turning point of the Steelers franchise. And we celebrate that as Franco's number 32 is going to join Ernie Stotter and Joe Green, mean Joe Green, that is, and hanging the number up and it being retired forever. What say you, my friend?
1: This is a momentous occasion, Wolf. Um, When you think about football history, when you think about some of the greatest plays to have ever been accomplished by man, on the football field. This is one of those moments. This is when you see NFL films, right? And, and <laughs> yeah you, the, the rites of autumn, you know, the legendary booming voice of Pete Sable. Um
0: when you go all moments. the way back
1: to John Facenda. You got you forgot okay. f- the Facenda. Okay. Once again, uh <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not a Linda to the facenda. Uh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Nice comeback, but Good. but 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 thank you for that. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I, I'm I'm, a di- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, Steve Sable. I apologize, not Pete Sable, Steve Sable. <laughs>
0: I thought Pete was uh, his
1: brother, like you know, Pete Einstein yeah. was Albert, Albert Einstein's yeah. brother. I, <laughs> I'm I'm sure there's a Pete Sable somewhere in the family, <laughs> but uh, but Steve Sable, I apologize, and uh, you know, I I just it, it it gives you all of the feelings of this is why I love this game, right, moments. And this is one of those moments. The immaculate reception is those keyed phrases, you know, and just moments that just stand still. And they create the history that is American football. And this is such a tremendous honor. On, you know, the 50th anniversary here that a man who – was a part of those four Super Bowl teams had had his own Italian army. Yes, you know, and, and which was included a, Sinatra a, now. Remember Sinatra was yeah. included in that. Yes, yes. I mean, anytime you get Mickey Blue Eyes to uh to be a part of that, I mean, that's that's something special. Um and you know, he comes from Penn State, right? I mean, he he, he it, it's a local legend type of deal where it's all encompassing when you think of his, his tremendous football career. And I I, I I think, I think it's a well-deserved honor and not only for the player that was Franco Harris and the immaculate reception reception, that was one of the top plays of all time in the NFL. He also was a community servant. Mm-hmm. He was a local businessman, you know, my first interactions with Franco, you know, I just remember I literally was walking down the street to a festival at the point this is back in two thousand and four wow I'm at a festival I'm at a festival at the point in front of the hotel there, and I'm in line i I don't even remember what i, I think i was at i think I was at actually at like a um like a Mediterranean food truck type of deal. <laughs> and we i remember looking food into everything don't we i don't but, well yeah i mean well listen life is told through food i mean th- that's just that's just the way our life path is written um but no but i was in this line and i was i was I remember, i'll never forget i was getting i was getting some Dolmas. um and i turned around and i was like oh my god that's Franco harris and he, he was <laughs> And I went and introduced him. He's like, Oh, you're one, of, you're one of the new draft picks, right? I was like, Yes, sir, I am. <laughs> and uh, and he just he introduced himself. I mean, was such a nice guy. We sat, we talked for a few minutes, and it was just it was just awesome. Because, you know, for me, even though I, I am a new quote unquote professional athlete at that time, like I'm not thinking the legends are gonna speak to me. You know, <laughs> we know who Franco Harris is. Right. I mean, this man's a Hall of Famer. I, you know, I I don't think he's he's going to talk to me, but he does. And then that just that just gave me a different perspective about how Pittsburgh is different than a lot of other places, and how he is just this tremendous giving human being. And then fast forward a couple years later, he doesn't comes to me with an offer with his baker, like, "Hey Max, um, I want to feature community champions on a, on a line of." Uh, Donuts I'm doing. Super for, donuts. Uh, for, for, yep. Yeah, for, for for kids in school. He's like, would w- w- would you do me the honor of, of being on here and proceed to go to your foundation? And <clears throat> I was floored. I was like, absolutely. And then from there, you know, it, it just, it's just the giving nature. And every time I see him, it's always such a grand moment. We, You know, it's like two friends. that that have missed each other. And I'm sure you have similar stories, but I had to share that just as a young guy who wasn't even born when this play happened, right? Right. But knowing the significance and the impact it had on the sport that I love and being a historian of this game and wanting to know more about the history of this game is tremendous. In fact, I actually have two photos of the Immaculate Reception in my house. I have one in my office it's a George O'Keefe one that he did a painting of it mm. um, of Franco going down and like kind of he, he kind of shadowed it to where it looked like heaven was was shining down on, on Franco and then the other one was actually the physical like still shot photo that Franco and uh, Frenchie Fuqua, um signed It you know has had of course Frenchie's phrase I'll never tell yes so <laughs> so yeah so I have both of so that's how significant it is to me that I have both of those pieces. Um, you know, kind of signifying those two moments, you know, that, that one moment in two different ways, in two different mediums. That's how important it is. So it's just – it's one of those things that's, that's cool to look back on, and that's a part of NFL history. So I'm proud to be I'm – proud, I'm proud to have those pieces. I'm proud to know the man and what a well-deserved honor for him.
0: Think about this, Max. You're talking about a play that was voted by the fans the greatest play in NFL history. Now, you go back to the very beginning of the league and everything else and all the great plays and all the great moments that have occurred, but yet this one defining moment, this moment when the lovable losers that the Pittsburgh Steelers basically were before 1972, I think they had posted somewhere around seven, only seven winning seasons uh, in the previous years. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, as, as the Chiefs said, we didn't we didn't win much before Franco got here, and we didn't lose much after Franco got here. You know, I mean, the guy was <laughs> pivotal in the turning point of this organization, and his great humanitarian side equals his great and wonderful and illustrious uh, you know professional football side. I and you talk about the Super Donuts. I'll tell you, Tunch and I back years ago, we had an office down in his office building when we were doing some stuff together years and years ago. Right. So his his office was on the floor below us. So I used to sneak down and go over to his. He had a freezer there full of Super Donuts and other products, right? So I'd be hitting yeah. up them Super Donuts almost daily. <laughs> oh know, my god! You gotta have yeah. a little knick knack, you know, a little something that you know. You got your coffee and stuff. So I go down and have a couple of donuts, and finally Pringles was Like, hey, dude, you're, you're killing me. You're <laughs> just killing me. Hey,
1: you know, could you leave a tip? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, hey hey you know over here he he's also so cool and gracious but I said, hey wolfman <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, how about a little something something you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, Wolfie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love the man. The man is so gracious. I laugh about it. Max, it's it's like um, yesterday, I was, I was I was mindful. When he passed, I think it was the 10,000-yard mark, and we forgive me if I've told you before, but even if I have, so what? It's a story, and we just kind of roll with it. But you think about it. We ran a flow 36. Now, that's me pulling from the left guard, and it's basically it's a bounce out around the right tackle to the outside, picking up the first corner force, right? So you're out there, and you're, you're cruising. Franco's right on my hip, and he's pushing me. You know, we go all the way to the sidelines and we crash out of bounds. Now, he goes over this marker, whatever marker it was 10 or 12,000 or 11,000. I can't remember the yardage, but they stop the game and they take the ball and they give it to Franco as a you know is a memorial th- memorabilia thing and he takes it to the sidelines to Parisi, Tony Parisi, the equipment guy right so i'm yeah. in the huddle and i'm like bent over sucking wind you know cuz i just sprinted to the outside on a sweep and you know us big heavy hoofers we got it takes a little bit to re- you know reload so he comes back in the huddle after all this, and he looks at me, and I'm bent over, <laughs> going, you know how you got that that little squeeze Yo, when you're the, sucking the, wind? The wheeze, the wheeze, the wheeze. <laughs> the wheeze. That's it. So I'm in there, and he goes, he goes, you fat pig! I ran as far as you did. And he said, I'm not sucking wind. And I looked at him and go, that's because I'm a fat pig. <laughs> It was hilarious, but it was that moment that was so great because he went off and he was acknowledged and and it was such a great moment. And to be able to have done that together with him as part, you know, that happening on the play and everything was just such a a great memory that I have always, will have in
1: my mind about the great Franco Harris. No, absolutely. I mean, mean, and I'm sure that we, we have fans out there that, that that can talk also about his great but i mean he's truly a remarkable human being um you know a citizen of the world and just a tremendous person and you know and like like you and i we're blessed to call him friend yes um yes. because he is just such a remarkable man i mean i can't tell you how many times i've i've been around this country and people ask hey do you know do you know franco <laughs> and, and, you know and, He's such an amazing type. This one time, you know, I was in such and such, and Franco came and said hello. He was so nice and he talked to us. I mean, he just has that personable, just exuberant, outgoing, you know, personality about him. He welcomes everybody. Yes. And I mean, I mean he's just, so, I mean, he, you know, you, you, everybody kids is like, he's like a politician. But. The endearing way of a politician as far as the personability, the approachability, the the ability to have a hold a conversation with a person that he knows nothing about and find commonality within that person and leave that conversation them and, and, and him feeling better about it. I mean, it's he's just tremendous. I can't say enough good things about Franco um, because he's such a great man and blessed, blessed that, you know, he gets to he gets to receive this honor and uh, bless it, we'll both be in attendance when they when, when they retire it in the stadium. Was it December twenty fourth against the Raiders? It's fifty. Yeah, against the, the day plus
0: one day at Acrochure Stadium. It's a Christmas Eve, and they're yes. going to have a ceremony at like three something or other to the minute at the marker, which is out in the parking lot outside of Acrochure Stadium. They they got a marker where the very spot they GPSed it where Franco caught the ball. You know, I mean, it's remarkable. It's sitting out there. You just got this over by stage AE. There's a, you know, uh, this, this marker that says right here it happened. And you're like, wow, this is just crazy. Because, of course, yeah. I played at Three Rivers, and I, I remember Three Rivers very, very well. And it, you're just trying to put it together with the dimensions of accuracy and this and that. And it's, it's just very crazy. But the, the fact is, you know, I remember Chuck Knoll always preaching to us, good things happen to those who hustle. And I remember, uh, you know, th- that kind of ringing in my head, and I asked Franco, I saw him yesterday, right, down on the south side there. I says to Franco, I says, do you remember He goes, yeah, he says one of the things that he remembered was that Joe Paterno, it was another thing too, always said run to the ball, you know, and Chuck said the same thing. And that's what caused him because he was on a hug-up. Phil Villapiano was, uh, he wasn't on a hug-up. Villapiano was on a hug-up with Franco. Franco steps up to block, right? Well, Franco's not exactly the, the most uh, industrious blocker to ever have donned a Steelers uniform. It's not like, it's not like he was that was something they really wanted to excel at. Uh, but the fact oh, is. come on. Uh, you know, that's, that's the <laughs> truth. You know, we used to call him Stingbeak. <laughs> Stingbeak, yeah. Jesus. So, so Franco released, and he went out to the flat, and then, you know, think, and I asked him this. I go, think about this. Franco, what would have happened? None I well, none of this would've happened if you you were loafing. You know, what I mean just think if you were loafing, you didn't run to the ball. You know, you didn't hustle to the ball. And yet he did. And that's what created the opportunity to have the greatest, singular, greatest play in the history
1: of the NFL and the St- Pittsburgh
0: Steelers franchise.
1: Hustle. hustle. Hustle gets rewarded. Yes. We we talk about it all the time. I feel like we need to play hustling by Rick Ross. Um <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean but that that's what it's all about. It's about the right time and the right moment and being ready for that opportunity. And he was. He seized the opportunity. He was there for it. He received it. And the rest is NFL history. And like you said, voted by the fans the greatest play in NFL history. That that's that's just remarkable. Think about this too, my friend. Only the
0: third number in the history of this awesome franchise to be retired i mean think about you got ernie staughtner number 70 75 mean joe green now you got 32 franco harris by by contrast you've got the new york yankees have retired 22 numbers all right so it says something about this franchise that well first of all nobody has worn the numbers since franco I left the Steelers. uh, I was about to say,
1: uh, yeah, there are numbers that for a long time that were just (laughs) off limits, as I found out. They were verboten, (laughs) yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As as, as I learned out, I learned about the forbidden numbers. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Really? And and think about it. I mean,
0: only three. So for such a great franchise to only have three, it says a lot about their desire to maximize those players that are – Virtually, they they are qualified beyond qualification. Oh. You know
1: what I, I mean? mean. Think about the Hall of Famers oh. that, that have that that have passed through this organization, and the fact that you, that you literally have a top three, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, of all of those Hall of Famers. We're talking about the Stalwarts of the world, the Bradshaws of the world, the Swans of the world, and then even more contemporaries, the Alan Fanicas right, the Jerome Bettises, the Troy Palamalos. I mean, there's just so many tremendous men. Donnie Shells of this world, the Jack Lamb. I mean, we could go on. The fact that we could go on and on about yes. these names that have dawned here and and you have these three. And it's a special moment because it's not like a lot of other organizations where they retire numbers left and right. No, you have to earn your stripes. And think about this. 50 years from that play. Franco Harris's number is getting retired. Mean Joe Green, the career that he had, you know, he was drafted, what, 1970? And he just got his number retired. I mean, it's it's tremendous to think of the great men that have passed through here and the unbelievable honor it is not only to end up in the Hall of Honor, but when you get that jersey retired, that's that's a whole other level.
0: Oh, it really is. You know, I mean, it's fun being around these guys. You know, it's like I always say. I I know greatness because I was in the huddle with it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I wasn't great. I was never great. But you know, that was surrounded by it both uh, in the locker room and in the huddle. And it's amazing when you see these guys together and they have that opportunity to be together and kind of relive these moments and i believe that there's going to be some guys brought back i hope some significant others uh that will come back when the steelers uh have this celebration of the immaculate reception uh i i hope that uh, you get a number of people that come out uh for it uh, you know just just to reload i mean i hope terry can come in i hope that uh you know, you got the John Kolb here in town, a bunch of the other guys that uh, that that can celebrate this moment because it was such an incredible moment in the history of the Steelers franchise. And think about it: the Chief didn't even see the play. I mean, this is a a, a play. This is a, a time and space that is so uh, iconic. I mean, I I think I've. There's two two things I think I, the most people I've I, I've talked to have been seems like everybody's been to Woodstock and everybody saw the Immaculate Reception which both are not true right I mean yeah. Yeah, there's just far too many people who say they been, they were at Woodstock and far too many people say oh I was at Three Rivers when I, I don't know I don't know about that but the fact is it is such a huge part of a, even even. You know, NFL history but American history. People talk about where they were and what they where they saw it if they saw it on a game, which, you know, even then there was there was a, a bubble uh in the NFL back then because even during sold out games, they blacked out a lot of the TV. So it was difficult to find.
1: Yeah, no, it, it absolutely was. And you know, it's one that even the cameras couldn't catch up to it <laughs> fully. Right? <laughs> You know, th- this is the moment where we don't have the all-22. <laughs> it's in a very different era where you actually had cans of film and you had, the, what, 16 millimeters? Am I correct in the uh, I think that was the right. Reelage? I, I hope yeah, the, so. Re- the reelage. The um, reelage. <laughs> <laughs> and, even, I mean, and it's funny. You talk about, uh, you know, Mac, right? Bob McCartney right. from the Steelers. The, the, the infamous story that Mac, you know, well you know he had, he had ran out of he ran out of real film um <laughs> and he he brought he brought four cans up four cans went back down he and from that day forward they always had six after that um <laughs> <laughs> indeed my uh, friend
0: all right yeah let's let's roll on my friend we got to go to break so i'm gonna ask you right now what does the immaculate reception and free solo have in common oh stick around we are snr